Good morning, and welcome to Emmett Audio, episode 153. I am filling the electric kettle as I wait for my student to arrive today for today's spoon carving lesson. <clears throat> but while I wait, I'm going to do a wooden spoon geek out episode. Uh, and today I'm going to talk about the top profile line of the spoon which is so important because in my experience the top profile line is what you establish to create the shape and then whatever happens on the bottom is in reaction to that top line. So how do you get that line right the way you want it? Partly this is a matter of um, preference in that it is, it's an aesthetic choice and uh, so how what shape you're looking for is a matter of sort of what what you're what you're chasing at the moment. Um, so let's th set that aside for a second um, and just talk about what the blank looks like. I don't sweat getting the top profile line right in the blank. I think the axe is even if even someone who uses an axe more delicately than I do, the axe is a blunt instrument and you are going to end up with a bit too heavy-handed a profile line. If, for instance, you want a dolphin hump and you axe in that dolphin hump really carefully with the axe, it's going to end up looking crude and overdone. So what I do with the top profile line is I establish the basic crank angle, just straight, just straight down um, to the deepest part in a straight line. And Depending on what I want to do, I leave myself more or less thickness in that handle. So if I want um, a fair bit of curve to it, I need to leave myself a thicker handle. And if I decide I'm just going to do a straight handle or a bit of a sway back to it, then I'll, I can leave less material on the, the bottom. So the blank stays pretty simple. And the reason for this is that... Um, it's just a lot easier to keep it simple because until you start cleaning up the surfaces with the knife, you won't know if there are circumstances like hidden cracks or bits of wood that you want to avoid that might have you change your design. So I like to keep my blank as open-ended as possible. Now, when I'm roughing out the spoon, this is where I sort of figure out how much shape what is the exact shape i i really want um and while i might go into the spoon with some idea of what i want it it usually reacts in some way to the reality on the ground of what that piece of wood is willing to do sometimes there's a knot i'm trying to avoid sometimes there's a crack sometimes the grain is just a little squirrely and i didn't lean the crank down into it enough and i have to adjust what i'm doing to deal with grain tear out so um, so this is where you really make those decisions is, is in these first couple of passes with the knife. You see how things are reacting. And in general, the more complicated a design is the more I require the wood to be absolutely uh, simple and easy. And the, the trickier the wood is, the simpler the design that I go with. So I always carve the outline of the blank first, but then once I've done that, then, I'm, then I always carve the top face first before I do the bottom. This is partly uh, because, like I said, everything that the bottom does is in reaction to the top, 
but it's also because because the top face is the one with the shallow V, it means that there are axe marks going down in that are potential splits. And you have to, with your knife, get underneath those cracks in the wood and get to a place where you can see that there's no more cracks in the wood on that top face, at least around the rim of the bowl and certainly on the top of the handle, before you do anything on the bottom. Because if you don't, you might find that you pulled the bottom up too far before you did anything on the top and then you have to deal with some issue that you hadn't foreseen and then all of a sudden you don't have enough material to do the spoon you wanted to do and on and on and on. So I always do the top face first. The way I set up the spoons in the log, the handle, the top of the handle, that top profile is always a pull down to the deepest part of the crank from the tip of the handle down to the spoon bowl. And then from the tip of the spoon bowl, down to the deepest part of the bowl as well. I'm going to save rims as a separate topic. So we're not really going to talk about sort of what goes into a good rim because it's kind of universal in my view. Um, but I will say that um, I always approach the neck of a spoon when I'm carving the top of a spoon. I always approach the neck and I shift from a pull stroke to a hand squeeze or thumb push right where it gets into the neck. And then this is the trick where you're not going to let yourself get uh, stuck and remove too much is you give a push with your thumb and your, your hand squeeze. You, you finish the top of the handle by pushing it down into the center of the bowl and then you just leave it there. You leave that little fin of wood sticking in. You don't try to get the knife to come out of that cut. And that way, you don't end up going back and forth and back and forth right there at the neck trying to clean up the surface. You just go from the neck straight down, past the shoulders into the center of the bowl to really do a nice deep cut there. And then you leave it attached and the hook knife will clean that up. You don't need to do anything with this, this Lloyd knife. Now, I'm going to try and be brief here. Here's a couple options. In general, you can use what I call a tail flip to increase the amount of perceived crank in a spoon. So if for whatever reason my spoon has slightly less crank than I wanted it to, you can exaggerate a tail flip to essentially give the spoon more crank and change that angle because people will typically hold the spoon with their thumb right on that tail flip. So if you exaggerate the tail flip, it changes the angle that the thumb is engaging with the wood vis-a-vis uh, -vis the, the bowl. And same thing, if, uh, if you have too much crank, you can get less tail flip in your bowl. Although often a better choice is to lower the rim, the front rim of the bowl, if you can, if you haven't removed too much inf uh, material. A good choice to start with for spoon handles is the simple sway back because then you get sort of the equivalent of a bit of tail flip, but it's just much simpler to sort of pull that down in a nice pleasing line and you can adjust it many times without as much effort. Um, and then one last detail that I'm going to give you guys is this idea of the bump down. The bump down is if you look at my spoons and you notice at the neck, there's that little detail, that little rounded triangular detail right at where the neck meets the shoulders. That's caused by the bump down. And what that is, 
is essentially a little scallop down between the handle and the rim. And I actually blend it into the rim. So it's technically a part of the rim. But what it does is that little scallop, rather than have the handle completely go down to the rim, what that little scallop does is it separates what you need to do from the to the handle from what you need to do to the rim. Because if you don't have it, every time you do something to the rim, you need to then adjust how it fares into the handle and vice versa. If you put that little bump down in, you separate the two, and then you can adjust one without having to adjust the other, which is super helpful and really speeds up the process if you're struggling with going back and forth and back and forth. That's it. Talk to you guys more tomorrow. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you have a great day.